Yeah, it seems like it. It is Monday. Wakey, wakey, get up and get at them. Welcome to the show. Show's called Let's Talk. My name is Mike. And the email address, if you want to correspond, is letstalkmike1 at gmail.com. That's letstalkmike, the number one, at gmail.com. Welcome, welcome. So this episode is being called As He Is. And we'll get to that part down there a little bit later, as usual. So we'll get our prayer started, or we'll do our prayer, and then we'll get the show started. Dear Heavenly Father, I call upon you in the name of Jesus, in the name above all names, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace. I pray in his name, Father God, hear me, O Lord, I thank you. Forgive us, Father God, our sins. Forgive those, Father, who have sinned against us. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem, O Lord, and I pray that this be the day that those who are unsaved, that those who have not made the decision to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today would be the day, Lord. Today would be their day of forgiveness, of renewal, of reconciliation with you, O God. And I pray that this day, as always, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit that lives within me be upon my heart, my tongue, and my mind, that your words, Lord, and your truth be told. And I ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen and amen. So I'm just saying, but the people who say they'll turn off CNN if Jim Acosta is fired, I got to be honest with you. These are the same kind of people who said they would leave the Nazi party of Goebbels was let go. Or more current, the kind who said they would leave the U.S. if Trump was elected in 2016. Remember that nonsense? Screaming and yelling and hollering, I'm going to leave the country, blah, blah, blah. They're still here. And once again, nothing but lie upon lie. I think it's in their DNA. But I guess, once again, some people just like their propaganda unadulterated and without the pretense of balance or objectivity. I'm just saying Our first scripture was Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, and it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Now, once again, (coughs) excuse me, I've said about asking for things. You know, he's not saying, Jesus isn't saying here, you know, ask for a pot of gold and it's yours. He's talking about spiritual things. Seeking great treasure. Ask for it, and it'll be given. Knock, and that door of of great spiritual blessings will be opened to you. That's what we're talking about. So it looks like Pelosi's January 6th committee, well, it's pretty much failed miserably. I mean, the thing is being run, you know, like it's some kind of big deal. The thing is this. They have no legal power to bring charges against anybody. they got to turn over everything they have to the Department of Justice which doesn't guarantee anything, but I'm just saying, you know, so it's up to the Department of Justice. They're making a big hoo-ha. And so far, it's found not a shred of evidence tying President Trump to any kind of insurrection or violent attack on the Capitol building at all, despite all the emails and texts and witnesses, and then most of all, the complete control of the entire apparatus and narrative, and there's no opposition. So this pony show just keeps going on, and it's so far proved nothing. And despite all the prosecutions and plea deals and threats against protesters unleashed by the DOJ, 
in what it claims is the biggest investigation in FBI history. Listen now, pay attention. Not a single person has any information linking President Trump to any violence or the storming of the Capitol building. I got to be honest with you. I don't know Trump, you know, personally or anything like that. But based on all the other quote-unquote, you know, evidences they've had over his time as president and so forth since, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy. I'm just saying. So, during a hearing in the European Parliament, you ready? Pfizer admits that their mRNA COVID vaccine was never tested to stop the transmission of a virus. That's a true story. Rob Roos is a Dutch member of the European Parliament, and he sat in on a meeting just recently and listened to that blockbuster bombshell of testimony from none other than the director of Pfizer Corporation, telling him that at no time was their vaccine tested regarding the stopping a transmission of the COVID virus. Oh, and they called us conspiracy nuts. Oh, well. So what does that mean? What it means is, now pay attention. It means the entire reasoning behind forcing people to take the vaccine to stop the transmission of the virus was a complete and total lie. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Remember all the endless articles and videos from the mainstream media, the Biden White House, and all the rest of the New World Order demanding that if you cared about your fellow man, you would take the shot to stop the transmission. I had a guy bark at me about that in a gro uh no, oh, I can't think of the name. Pharmacy one day. <laughs> Wouldn't you think that the very first shot to be approved, the Pfizer BioNet shot, would have been tested to see if it in fact stopped transmission? But it wasn't. Wasn't tested. Wasn't tested for that at any time or during the crisis. So here we are. How far into the crisis and what have we found? <laughs> Other than there are a bunch of liars like we thought. We found that none of the shots stopped the transmission. I mean, look at how many of them have come down with COVID and they've been not only given one shot, but how many others, boosters and so forth. The thing is this, Pfizer knew from day one and so did the United States government and it's been nothing but a huge waste of time. And not only that, the money. Follow the money. The vaccinated became su the super spreaders because they thought they were safe. Yeah, actually, my wife, Tina. Actually, my wife, Tina, she's home from the hospital. Praise the Lord, God. I'm so happy to have her here. Welcome, baby. Say hi. Hi. Hi, she says hi. Anyways, um, yeah, like she just said, and the vaccinated became the super spreaders. It seems like everybody, remember we were saying at one time, you because were if saying... you want to work or go out in public, you have to get vaccinated. Okay, so let's spread it around. Yeah, everybody that came in touch with Biden, she says, comes down with it. So he's a super spreader himself. Yeah, what a great guy. Anyways, let's move on. Let's go to another scripture, Ephesians 4, chapter 4. Yeah, okay. One more time there, Mike. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Now that's not only for scriptural or your spiritual walk, 
But, you know, in regards, I mean, look at what I just read and what we've talked about so many times before. Nothing but lies and deceit. And it's all evil. It's, I, I can't, you know, the word evil doesn't even really touch it. This is beyond evil. But anyways, Ephesians 4, uh, verse 14. So now Biden is reaching out to try to just maintain the slaughter of innocent babies. And now he has ordered the VA to serve <laughs> not just our military veterans, but to kill babies. This is, <laughs> I can't even go there. So he is illegally abusing military veterans' health care to kill the babies. He's ordered the Department of Veteran Affairs to commit abortions, effective immediately in direct violation of federal and state laws. I hope the court slams this one right back in his face because this is utterly outrageous and despicable. Anything and everything to destroy the veterans' uh, organizations and those who care for the veterans. Yeah, baby. Because uh, when Roe versus Wade was overturned, that put it to the states. It is no longer a federal federal um, authority. There, right from the, the source. So there you got it. So the VA, Ooh. so booyah, she says. <laughs> so today the VA performed the first abortion in its history. And of course, <laughs> they're celebrating it. You know, Biden's people and so forth and the Planned Parenthood murderers. There's a price to pay for this, and I've talked about it, and we're paying it. <laughs> so, you know, just a real quick one here. I saw this the other day, and I thought, this is really worth talking. General George Washington is quoted as saying when he was getting ready to uh, do battle in Princeton, New Jersey, he said, never underestimate your enemy. And that's a good point to make considering our show's topic today. Let's do another verse real quick. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. So one thing you got to keep in mind, a thief, right? So we all hear about it. We know about it. They only have one thing in mind, one purpose in life when they enter in. They want to steal something. They don't, you know, we, we, they don't know when they call upon you. They don't come to introduce themselves or to establish a new friendship. Once again, it came for one reason, and that's to do us harm. Spiritually speaking, our enemy, the devil, has one purpose in his life, in the time that he has left to deal with us on earth. He wants to do us harm. Jesus said that Satan comes to steal, kill, or destroy. That's in John 10.10. 10. This is one thing without doubt. I mean, everything else is, you know, questionable in the world that we live in. But this one thing, you can count on it. Because when the devil comes knocking, his intention is to do one of those three things. He may masquerade as a friend for a while, but don't be deceived. He's always plotting harm. It's important for us to remember that we are in a spiritual battle every day with the forces of evil. We must never let our guard down, and we must never underestimate the power of the devil or his scheming ways, who and what he'll use, or, you know, his minions, to come at us. 
He's as stubborn as they come, worse than a mule, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Farmer will tell you, it's just as stubborn as a mule. Well, this is even, he's even worse. And even though he has been defeated, he continues to steal and kill and destroy and destroy lives. This, you know, killing babies and destroying the lives of the mothers who had the abortions. He's doing it every which way he can, all the way around. So listen, once again, never, as George Washington said, underestimate the enemy. He seldom misses a chance to do harm. The proper defense is stay in the word and keep trusting the Lord because the enemy has no match for, number one, a heart of faith, and especially, number two, the word of God. Jesus, when he was tempted, what did he do? He didn't perform some miracle or, you know, use his power as the son of God to defeat Satan when he was in the wilderness. He used the word of God. So before I continue, here's a message I got from my best friend, and I, and I thought I would share it with you. I don't know where he got it from. He may have wrote it himself. I don't know. I didn't ask him. But I asked him to share it if I could. So here's a few thoughts for the day. Democrats are insane. They're just the opposite of what they say about us, right? <laughs> In fact, uh, you know, they're more than insane. But let's keep going. So Democrats are insane. They defund the police, but they have a no-cash bail and let criminals out of jail to reduce jail population. That's like Biden just did, you know, for petty drug crimes. But how many of those are, <laughs> you know, that wasn't the only thing they were thrown in jail for, but I'm just saying. Anyways, moving on. They criminalize parents for not allowing gender surgery on their children and can't teach the Bible in school but they encourage this LGBTQ teaching and allow drag shows on campus. I just saw one, believe me when I tell you, just to get the headline, it's nasty, in front of children. And they're encouraged to put dollars in their, wherever they could find a spot, I guess. They say the right-wing MAGAs are taking away their rights of pro-choice, which, listen, I want you to remember something. Abortion was never a federal constitutional right. The justices made that clear, and so have others. But they fight hard to have our guns taken away from us, which is a constitutional right. It's called the Second Amendment. The naysay MAGA people are the country's greatest threat to America, actually calling us terrorists. But they let Antifa and Black Lives Matter groups riot and burn down cities. They let the homeless camp on the sidewalks and destroy businesses. And now in California, they won't even send the police to get homeless persons off your property. They won't arrest criminals who smash and grab from stores. I just read, I can't remember the number, daggone it, New York City. Oh man, there was a bunch of these uh, smash and grabs. And then they opened the borders, to, but you know they don't want them in their backyards or cities. And the list goes on and on. You know, they're over here crying, oh, we have a, 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 a national emergency or a local emergency. We need the National Guard. What about the cities and towns that live right next to the border? And they go through this every day. So let's move on. Onward we go. 
You know, the direction of a nation is directed by any number of influences. Most are, in one form or another, intended propaganda. There are certain times or certain things where something may happen and, you know, it kind of moves things slowly and easily to a certain point. But in the big picture, again, it's intended propaganda. If you never read it, in George Orwell's absolute sinister book, 1984, and I don't mean no disrespect, but boy, I'll tell you. Anyway, in the book 1984, he talks about a place called Oceana. Now, in Oceana, we have a compelling description of how the Ministry of Truth, remember Biden tried that, used its subtle language, newspeak, to brainwash the people. The slogan of Oceana is this, war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. I remember when I read it, I was thinking, how could that be? How's that possible? I mean, because everybody was talking at one time about you know, it was a prophetic book, this is the way things were going to be in 1984 and so forth. And I came to the conclusion after reading the book in 1984, just coincidentally got a copy, he was saying in 1984 or by then, it'll pretty much be in place. So anyways, the thought police were able to control the ideas that determine the political and moral views of the culture. Now you could... Kind of think of the thought police as the media of our day. But when Orwell wrote this, it was in the earlier days of like television, radio was around and so forth, no doubt. But the big, you know, the big, um, the big tech and the, you know, media conglomerate hadn't happened yet. Although Orwell did see and know about the advent of the quote unquote first computer. Let's move on. So the withdrawal of individual freedoms was sold to the population as a plus. Slavery to the state was presented as a gateway to freedom and prosperity. And conquest was sold as liberation. Everything done was always for the good of the people. Now the entry gates of Adolf Hitler's concentration camps, they bore the slogan, Arbit Mac Frei, which meant, Work sets you free. Kind of like newspeak, double-think, thought police, big brother. All along them lines, all those words and phrases have entered our vocabulary in some part, or a large part, thanks to George Orwell. You know, it's difficult to speak up in a culture carried away by mob mentality, which, you know, pretty much screams out, submit or else. I get it. It's just... You still see, I still see, you know, even where I live, people look at you strangely periodically. But I will say, I'm happy to say, for the most part, we all think the same, at least in the general area where I live. (coughs) Excuse me. But again, revolutions begin with a cultural moment, a pretext that will hide the real agenda to justify it. So give me a reason and I'll show you why. I don't know, I'm not sure (laughs) that's the way it works, but anyway, you need the triumph of ideology over science, over reason, and civil liberties. You need to recruit people who are willing to advance anarchy in the name of quote-unquote justice and equality. Really? And you must silence, here's the big thing, and this is their big push, 
and you must silence all dissident voices. This is, I mean, this is, you know, kind of like the ideas out of a book or from a book and, and other things. But this is really what's going on today, right? They're taking over the, the reasoning and the civil liberties. They have more than enough people who are willing to advance that, that, that agenda of anarchy. And they say they're doing it all in the, in the name of justice and equality. Well, submission to the ideology, this is how it works, is enforced either by shaming, by laws, or simply by the exclusion of opposing voices from the workplace. But really, does this cancel culture sound like it's part of a country on its way to greatness or one in decline? Mobs are only able to destroy they cannot build. Every victory spurs them on to more demands. Many, many, many politicians, businessmen came out in support of the radicals and funneled millions of dollars into their cause, no doubt signaling that they were free of racism <laughs> while hoping that the mob wouldn't come after them as well. Winston Churchill, one of the greatest statesmen of the 20th century, you know, by far, is credited with having said, an appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Well said, Winston. Institutions that once favored free speech are now limiting speech, arguing that this right is unfair and unjust and insensitive. So these institutions, pretty much, is the mainstream media. They say that free speech, or, and or the government, they say that free speech should be allowed for some groups, but not others. So if you agree with us, you can speak. If not, pfft, no. Nearly one half of millennials believe that hate speech should be banned. But hate speech is often defined as the speech of a political opponent with whom one does not agree. My wife actually just got a, a pretty big spanking and hand slap from Facebook. Oh, well. If you're for securing your country's borders, for example, that can be considered racist hate speech by those who believe in open borders. To state that there are only two genders is considered offensive and therefore deemed hate speech. The slogan of those who want to silence speeches if you can't beat them, <laughs> ban them or jail them. There you go, too. So here's the point of the name of the show, as he is. Please come the day we shall see your glory. In John 17, 24, Jesus says this, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou loved me before the foundation of the world. When we give Jesus all the credit for what he accomplished in, in or through us, that's correctly referred to as giving him the glory. And of course, we give the, the Father the glory through his son, Jesus. You can give it to him straight away. I do. 
So we see a foretaste of God's heavenly glory in beautiful sunsets, the grandeur of snow-capped mountaintops, and through the beauty and wonder of nature in all its various forms. It's just a beautiful, you know, beautiful sight to see. The heavens are his canopy and the earth his footstool. All is his. But all these magnificent scenes in nature and even the the sounds are but a sampling of the beauty that Christ desires to show us once we are physically present with him. Now, even though the apostles had spent three and a half years with the Savior, I'm always amazed by John's reaction to seeing Jesus as it's recorded in Revelation 1.17. And it says this, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. You know, we got to consider how awesome this was, because John was actually one of the three who witnessed the transfiguration. He caught a glimpse of the Lord's eternal glory when Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah. And we also know Jesus spent weeks with him after his resurrection, him and the rest of the 12, or the 11, actually. Judas had been gone. And someday, the, the, the best thing is, we will be glorified with Jesus. This is when Jesus talks to his father about um, that they, they will be with me where I am and that they may behold my glory. This is what he's talking about. You see, we will be glorified with Jesus. This is without doubt the direct and inescapable result of our justification on the day of our salvation. So that's the end result of the salvation that we get here on earth. We don't wait to get to heaven to have salvation. We can have salvation here. We can, we can talk and walk and interact with the Lord right while we're here on earth. But we got to do it through salvation. Now, before I finish, I want to say this. Back to the beginning stories about the secular world we live in and what they're up to and so forth and so on and other shows that I've talked about these things. Just to give you some perspective on the justice that's coming. There is a coming great day of justice for those who by their statutes and executive orders condemn innocent blood to death. Though the application is wider than abortion, in other words, you know, what they're doing is way beyond the abortion thing, it does fit well with Biden's attempt to negate the recent ruling on abortion by the Supreme Court. And as noted above, he, you know, just as an example, using the VA to begin what is, if not the most evil ever perpetrated against children. So here's the thing. Here's the glory, the happy day. God's king will reign in righteousness, and that's in Isaiah 32.1. But for that to happen, he must first cleanse the earth of all wickedness, violence, deception, and corruption that's so, so rampant today. And it, it increases every day. The globalists are day plot in vain because I'm telling you, 
when Jesus returns to the earth, he, he's going to literally wipe them out. And I don't say that like, you know, flippantly. That's scriptural. God's king, Jesus Christ, will judge the peoples with equity in his role as king of the earth, in his real capacity, seated on the throne of David, Jesus will act as the supreme judge. Now, we live, as I've said so many times, in perilous yet exciting times. The day in which we live carries with it much excitement, along with increasing peril and many dangers. And as we watch ancient prophecies fall into place, it reminds us that the world is marching toward the time when God places his king on the throne of David, like I said, from where he will rule over the nations of the world. There's one thing without doubt. We can be certain that someday God's king, the Lord Jesus, will rule over the nations just as the Father promises. Yeah, we live in perilous times, but once again, don't forget, beloved, as it says in 1 John 3, 2, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him like he is. The Old and New Testament both speak of what he's about to do in purging the world of evil ahead of the establishment of his glorious kingdom. All we have to do is maintain our faith. Remember in the last show, persevere, gird up your loins. Hey, thank you everybody for listening. Got to let you go. Cut out of here before I run over my 30-minute time. Anyways, thanks for listening. Once again, always, always, always. And may the peace and love and grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. God bless everybody. Goodbye.